Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. I really wanted Becca to sing that song, Welcome Home. Come here where your heart is broken. Welcome home. So two weeks ago, my uncle passed away, and uh, my aunt and uncle, my cousins, live in Sedona. Um, And so this last week, I went to Sedona to visit my family. And um, my heart is broken because I miss my uncle. And my uncle is this amazing, brilliant, jovial man who has a huge heart and um, he reminded me a lot of my dad who passed away in 2009. And so I got to get dad hugs from him and um, I don't anymore. And it was interesting going home to my family because he had been slowly deteriorating and I found out about it when I went there that he had gotten into some extreme dementia and my aunt and my cousin was doing some full-time caretaking because he would not behave well Um, he'd behave erratically and he had weird visions and he thought people were trying to kill him and you know the the uncle that I know was not the the person that they were taking care of. And they were going through this period of grief that I didn't fully understand the extent of until I went to visit them. And when my uncle passed, for me, it was, you know, I knew he was deteriorating, but I didn't really know. So it was more of a shock for me. And when I went there in my deep grief and sadness, they were in a space of relief. And I also got to witness how they were taking care of him so much that they didn't get a chance to take care of themselves as much. And that's the thing with grief. It's both can exist at the same time. It's all part of the whole grieving process. And sometimes grief is messy. But it's not just my home with my family that we're talking about here. We have a spiritual home here, but it's bigger than that. We have this earth home that we're all connected and a part of, and there's conflict happening right now. And so while I was, you know, in this place of my own grief, I recognized that there's deep grief happening in our community with our, with our Jewish brothers and sisters and our Muslim brothers and sisters. I talked to some of my Jewish friends who have been deeply impacted by what's going on in Israel and my Muslim friends who are deeply impacted by what's going on both in Palestine and Israel. And knowing that there's people who are suffering and I recognize and I see that suffering with my human family. And I just want you to know that if you are Jewish or if you're Muslim and you're out there in here, that we are a place where we are a stand for love and peace. And we take a stand for that. But part of being a spiritual community is taking it a little bit deeper. See, we teach about the metaphysical world. Like there's something beyond the physical. 
It's the spiritual. And if we're all part of an interconnected system, we actually can make an impact on the whole by our intentions and our actions. And so my invitation to you is to look for how you can be a contribution in this. Because the conflict that's happening maybe out there is a conflict that is reflecting what can happen internally or even with our families. See, part of our spiritual practice is to say, I see that there is hatred and division going on. And I am a place where I can take a stand for peace. So if I have any hatred or division in my heart in any way, shape, or form, I am participating in that in some way. If I am in conflict within myself or with my family members or my community, I am participating in the world of conflict. And so it's incumbent on me to look for those areas and to learn how to be a place where love shows up. How do I have healthy communication? How do I take a stand for love? How do I witness and take a stand for peace? And that comes in multiple ways, and each person is going to have a different call and how they're guided to take that stand. But it goes from the inside out and the outside in. If you're seeing it out there, there's likely that some of it is happening inside. And so we can take this conflict that's happening and look at it both internally, in our families, in our communities, and in the world. We can look at all those layers because they're all existing simultaneously. And we can be the place where peace shows up. We can be the place where love shows up. Because that conflict is not just happening in Israel and Palestine. It's a conflict that's happening in our country. It's a conflict that's happening in our families with different belief systems, with different ways of being. And so where can I be a bridge? So I really wanted to talk about that and say that it's so important that when we say welcome home, that you do belong here, but part of our home is an invitation both to be the place of open-heartedness where our hearts are broken together, but it's also the place where we take a stand together, where we do our commitment of our own spiritual work and we commit to be a contribution to each other, to lift each other up and not tear each other down. This whole month we've been looking at abundance. And this actually ties in quite well. You may not think so. But when I am in a place of poverty or a place of not enoughness or a place of lacking resources and support, I'm coming from that place of poverty. War is a place of poverty. It's a lack of resources. And it may come as spiritual resources. It may come as physical resources. It doesn't matter. But when I come from a place of sufficiency, 
I come from a place of lifting others up and knowing my worth in the world. So Kathy Ann had taken the last two weeks and she had talked about how there's scarcity and scarcity has three children. I'm not enough, more is better, and this is just the way. Can you hear those words in war? And the idea that poverty is a mindset, but so is sufficiency. And so she said last week that sufficiency has three offspring. Money is like water because it flows. What you appreciate appreciates. Basically, what you give your attention to increases. And I want to talk more about that today. And collaboration creates prosperity. Collaboration creates prosperity. And all these concepts are found in our book of the month, which is The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. You can buy it if you're here today. We got more ordered. So um, this is a very powerful book. It's very powerful because Lynn Twist has been out in the world being the place where abundance shows up, being the place where sufficiency shows up, being the place of creating a world that works for everyone. She's actually done this and she knows exactly how it shows up in our lives. And so if you're in a place of feeling like you don't have enough or you aren't enough, this talk was designed especially for you. So I wanted to talk about what you appreciate, appreciates, what you put your attention on grows. There are people who are out there right now going, where is God in this? And there's people that are going, why isn't God here? And you may be feeling that way too. Why isn't God in the midst of this war? Why isn't God in the midst of my family that's experiencing drama or trauma? But the question really is, where is God in this? That's the question to be asking. Where is God in this? Because what we appreciate or what we focus on grows. Where we put our attention, it grows. Where I notice God showing up, I will notice more of God showing up. When I recognize the miracles that are happening in my life, more miracles happen in my life. What is that um, parable of the talents? This was not in my notes. But the parable of the talents, it reminds me, they said, oh, there's, there's a person who was given uh, some and like five talents. I don't, I don't know what the talents stand for. I could be like a really educated minister and know that, but I'm not. Um, the five talents. And then there was somebody who was given like three talents and then there was a, give, somebody given one talent. And the person with the five talents, like, used them, circulated them, got them out in the world. Same with the three talents. They both doubled their money. And then the person with one talent, like, buried it in the sand and came back and had the one talent. And the, the parable goes, oh, that which you have, you're given more of. And the person with the one talent, they said, oh, we're going to take that talent away from you. Well, it seems rather unfair. They're like, but I just held on to it. 
But the deal was the people who were utilizing the talents, which is actually a great metaphor. I mean, I'm sure talent was like some form of money, but really our talents what inherently were already given. Those of us using it out in the world and being a contribution in the world, it multiplies for us. And those of us holding on to it with a scarcity mindset, it gets taken away because it's never used. In the book, Lynn Twist has a story about the people of Bangladesh. And the people of Bangladesh, they were uh, in the 1900s, at one time they had forests and trees and they had abundant resources. And then some people came in and they cut down all their forests and they used their resources not wisely and they made some not good agreements. And then there was war and then there was strife. And then in 1970, Bangladesh was the second poorest country in the world. And so aid came rushing in from all around the world trying to help these people which was great at the time, except for what continued to happen is the people forgot that they're worth something. They became hopeless. They became reliant on this idea that they had to have money. They had to have this outside aid. They had to have something and they weren't worth anything. The whole country felt like that. All of the people, it was like in the air, in the water, it was inherited from person to person, from the father to the child, from the mom to the child. And so Lynn Twist had an organization that she was involved in called The Hunger Project. And part of The Hunger Project was to partner with people to see how they could co-support and collaborate. That's the intention, to uh, be a place of upliftment. And they interviewed the Bangladeshis and they found out that there wasn't a problem per se. The only problem was that the people had forgotten that they were worth something, that they were worthy, that they actually had inherent gifts and talents within the country and that they could be a place of not only sufficiency, but a place where they give and our contribution to the greater world. And so they decided to create workshops, uh, vision workshops is what they called them, vision and idea workshops. And so they were free workshops. They just put a little poster out and hundreds of people came. They didn't have much else to do because they were all impoverished and they didn't have work. So they came and they did this thing that we do here. They said, okay, let's go into a meditation. Let's dream up a new dream. Let's go in this place, this idea, this what if world. What if the Bangladesh people were a place where sufficiency showed up? What if the arts, the culture, the creative nature was a place where the people could imagine themselves and express the beauty that they are? What if they could have their own resources and be a place of contribution out into the world? What if they were a place that were giving equally out? What if they were a place of being worthy, worthwhile? And when they did this first workshop, 
the people had their eyes closed and Lynn saw them as they were imagining this possibility, this imagine this country that is prosperous. And as they were imagining this country, tears started flowing from the people who were in the workshop. And she noticed one or two tears and then she noticed everybody was crying. They were remembering their worth. They were remembering who they are. They were remembering that they had a place, something that they could contribute. And they were imagining it. And when they imagined it, they came out of the workshop and they started sharing their ideas. What came up in that vision? What did they see? What could they imagine? How could they be a place, a space of contribution? And they were excited and they went off to their towns and they kept having these workshops. They taught other people to do this, this imagining of the possibilities. And as they imagined the possibilities, more and more people came up with ideas on how they already had the resources that they needed. And they started utilizing those resources to be a benefit in the world. And they started awakening to their own worth and worthiness. They started building roads. They started seeing things that were already on their land that they could utilize. And now today, Bangladesh is a much different place. It's a place known for its poetry, known for its marketplace, known for the creative crafts and textiles that come through that country. But this story might be your story too. This story might be the place where you've forgotten who you are and that you were born with something to be a contribution in the world. Two weeks ago, I did a, a practitioner retreat for the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas Practitioners. And their retreat was focused on the superheroes that they are. And so we did a little hero's journey exercise throughout the couple of days. And part of the hero's journey is that the reason why it's so powerful is because it is our story. Each and every one of us are on a personal hero's journey. And we all have the confrontation, which is the challenges, which is our thoughts, our beliefs, our ways of being that tell us we're not enough, that say we're too old, that say we're too young, that say anything that contrasts with this idea that who we are is worthy and a place to be a contribution in the world. And so we went through this hero's journey and as I was walking on one of the meditative walks we had, I found this acorn. And I was reminded of the story about the acorn. See, the acorn has everything within it to be the oak tree. It has the fulfillment contained within it. I'm teaching this uh, class. Next week is our final week on this book, This Life is Joy from Roger Teal. And and in the book, this last week was, this desire is fulfillment. This desire is fulfillment. And the whole concept, which he brought up this whole acorn thing, is that in the acorn is the fulfillment of the oak tree. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And when we have a desire for, I don't know, world peace, that that desire actually contains the fulfillment of it and we just need to realize the truth of who we are in order for it to unfold.
everything contained for the fruition of the oak tree is already within the acorn. Just like our desire for helping refugees, for helping people remember who they are. There is a fulfillment already in it, promised within it. And so whatever your desire is of being a benefit to the world, the fulfillment is already in it. If your desire is to be a contribution in some way, shape, or form, then you already have what it takes to be that contribution. And sometimes you may need to encounter the, the, the conflict, the place where somebody's telling you you aren't worthy, you aren't enough, but, or maybe you're telling yourself that. But we're here to overcome. And how do we overcome? We overcome by knowing the truth of who we are. You know, in the, in the book, This Life is Joy, he talks about, you know, are you praying for peace or are you praying from peace? There's a difference there. Because when I'm praying for something that's out there, I feel like I don't have it. Do you feel the difference? Oh, I'm praying for that thing because I really am not feeling peace. Well, the challenge for you is to say, I am the peace. I am the acorn and maybe... I haven't been the oak tree yet, but inherent within me is that seed of peace. And so I pray knowing the fulfillment of the end. And when I pray from there, everything I need unfolds before me. And so can you shift your attention? Can you shift where you're praying from? Can you shift where you're energy is from if you can shift into that you have found the source of your power and the source of your power is infinite the real source the infinite source is our only source and when i'm tuned into that everything is possible that's where all possibilities reside so whatever is out there as an effect starts shifting as soon as I shift myself. And so today I take a stand for peace. I imagine a new world of possibility. I come to this place of knowing that the world has peace contained with it. And I take a stand for peace in my family because sometimes when, I wel when I'm welcomed home, there might be drama or conflict. I, I take a stand for peace in my spiritual community because sometimes in my spiritual community, there's conflict. And so I take a stand for peace. If I notice that I go out in the world in Seattle or wherever, whatever city you're in out there, and I notice that there's discord, I take a stand for peace. And I learn how to be a place where that peace shows up. Sometimes I need new skill sets. Sometimes I need to learn how to be the place of peace. Sometimes I wasn't taught this being a place of peace in the world. I gotta learn how to communicate, how to build bridges instead of tear them down. I gotta find the places in me where I'm not being peaceful. When I'm driving. <laughs> I 
I gotta find those places where I can be that emissary of that possibility so that it reflects out into the world and makes an impact on others so other people can awaken to that truth as well. Because when I am possible, I shift from the impossible to the I am possible. And knowing that the I am possible is the light and the love of the infinite one. Darkness cannot dispel darkness. Only light can. Peace is the way. There's no other way around this conflict. There's no other thing for us to do except be what we want to see out in the world as Mahatma Gandhi had invited us to be. And so I invite you to be that place. I invite you to be the place where peace shows up. I invite you to be the place where love shows up. And when you are in conflict, I invite you to find the love within. And if you need help, I invite you to look around in the community and allow people to see you for who you are. That's our job is to see each other for who they are. I see the God in you. And if you still need help, you call on our practitioners, man, they are rocking it. They know how to pray. They know how to remind you that the essence and the power of the entire universe is contained within you and they see it without a doubt. And if you need that right now, I encourage you to take advantage of it because that's what we're here. That's what we're here to be in community. And if your heart is broken, I encourage you to cry. And remember to appreciate what you have. That's the key. The Bangladeshis already had it. We already have it. You already have it. And it's here now. And for that, I am grateful. And so it is.